home early. You, you know, um, this, this particular, let, let me give this to somebody. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. And in addition to appreciating all of our, um, all of our veterans, we should just take a minute and appreciate all of our technicians. Don't they do a lot of hard work to make? So, so appreciate you guys. Man. Uh, I sat down at that soundboard one day to try to understand it, and I just went back to my office. I said, no, no, thank you. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of technical people here that make every Sunday happen for you. And it goes off, you know, so smoothly all the time that you don't realize, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of buttons that need to get pushed. Anybody ever watch a TV show and then they're like, it gets a little messed up? They forget a guy's microphone's on or off or whatever. I love that because that makes me feel better when other people <laughs> suffer. So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about empathy. It's the last of our, of our tribe series and uh, this is sort of a bonus message. We've been doing the series um, on, on tribe, meaning like we're all born to belong. And God said it's not good to be alone. And it's, so it's been about relationships. Hopefully you've been dialing into that. And it's not good when we're alone. It's not good when we're isolated. Uh, and, and so we, we've been talking about how we connect better. And w- what we know is that when we're in relationships, we're better for it. We're better for it. And perhaps one of the greatest tools in you and I having good relationships is learning and developing empathy. In Romans, it says this, to um, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who, what? Rejoice. So it's sort of like when someone else is happy, be what? And when someone else is sad, be sad. Now this is, it seems kind of basic and it, it's worth talking about, but at times this is going to be very difficult to do and it requires you to be emotionally nimble. Now if you, um, if you work with some people who have this skill, it's really, really valuable. And if you have people that don't have empathy, it can be very difficult. They can't seem to find a way to put themselves in your shoes. And I will just say this about when we talk about empathy today. Rejoice with those. It's as if they feel a certain way and you can take on that feeling. It's a little bit in some ways deeper than sympathy, like, oh, I feel sorry for you, you lost your job. This is, this is like you feel that feeling that they have. It's like you enter that feeling. Have you ever had that feeling before? It's like, not, <clears throat> like this morning, Charlie was just upset. She come down the stairs, I'm waiting there, I'm making my coffee, because, you know, I know you think I should feed her first, but it's, it's sort of like an oxygen mask. They say, put it on first. I gotta have coffee, and then we're gonna deal with whatever you got going on. It's for her good. That's all I'm saying. So I get my coffee, and then we start dealing with things. And things are, we wanted to, to I know, Dad, we were going to make a Christmas tree. We were going to color a Christmas tree. We were. Well, we get out the crayons, and we get out the paper, and she wants 10 sheets of paper for whatever reason. I don't know. And I draw the tree. She wanted me to do the tree, and she did the trunk. And, and then um, 
She was going to color the ornaments, and she's somehow like a four-year-old perfectionist. Ah. Oh. And I, so, I mean, I don't care. Just, I just tell them they all look beautiful. But man, if, if an ornament doesn't look right, she starts crying. Like we're just getting the day started and she's in tears and, and then we make the star on the top and it's just not right and it's not perfect and it doesn't look right and we're crying and crying and, and, and she just, and I kept, you know, trying to console her and I kept trying, you know, to, to I don't know, like empathize with her, I guess. I was trying and after a while I did what any good father would do. Go see your mom. I said, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Uh, okay, there we go. It's just good parenting. Um, but it's somehow it's trying to understand and trying to enter and empathize with that person. And what we know, and this is worth, this is really worth thinking about. We have an empathetic God. A lot of, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people grew up with a, a sort of a one-sided God. Now, believe me, this God also will challenge you. He will call you up. He will lit, call you higher. He will call the better version of you out. Is that anybody with me? Okay. But it's a God who empathizes with us. The writer of Hebrews talked about this in Hebrews chapter 4. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to, what? Empathize with our, what? All right, first of all, start. Anybody got weaknesses? Okay? Now, it's, it's not saying we, it, we have a God who empathizes with us. It's saying like it's like a double negative. It's saying, have you ever met a guy who can't empathize with your weakness? Have you ever had someone that just could only bring the hammer, could only do that, and you're just, man. Have you ever grown up where, you, where God was painted that way? I can't relate to you. I just need you to perform. I just need this out of you. And he says, we do not have that kind of God. We do not have that kind of high priest. But we have one who has entered our world. This will be a key to empathy, by the way. You really can't empathize with somebody if you can't enter their world. If you can't, as they say, walk in their shoes. Um, one of the reasons that we struggle with empathy is because we just want people to get their act together. Is this true? Come on. Just get it together, man. Just get it together. You know. Now, you know, me, I got my stuff together. So what I'm worried about is everybody else, right? Try, get your, just get your stuff together. That's how we think, right? Like, I got myself to get your stuff together. But what we realize, if we're, if we're thoughtful, is that we have weaknesses, and we realize other people have, what? Weaknesses. And other people have difficulty. So weakness might be something of your own, you call it character, some flaw. But a difficulty is just like a hard life, something that you didn't ask for, but... But the good news about Jesus is, as our high priest, is that he understands and gets both of those. Um, you could think of just countless examples of Jesus. And, and that's the whole beauty as we, as we turn the page towards this Christmas season, we start to think about Jesus and what that means. And what it means for a lot of us is that God enters our lives. 
How many of you here ever have a hard time empathizing with somebody? It's like, man, I, come on, it's okay. No, no one's going to throw you out. It's like, man, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I cannot understand what, you know, why this, what is wrong? And, and what happens is then we, when we don't empathize, we judge quickly. Huh? We make a quick judgment. This is what's wrong with them. This is, this is their deal. Now, who's ever, who's ever been grossly wrong and you knew it? You're like, uh-oh, I judged that too early. Anybody? I made that decision about that person. I didn't have enough information or I didn't, I didn't realize what they were going through at the time. Now, we should try this empathy. Just enter someone, maybe someone else, you know, maybe they're having a bad day. I mean, can we all just admit, every once in a while we have a bad day. It's not consistent with our character. Ah, I've been trying for this side. Anybody here ever have a bad day? Just like my people. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a chance in a minute over here. I'm coming. You have a bad day. And I, I, can think, I can think of them. In fact, you know what's so sad is I can remember them. I can remember a couple of days I just wish I could take back. Man, I just wish, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Okay, so I'm getting some nods. So evidently, we all are recognizing that we have weaknesses. And, and so what Jesus did is he came to live in a human body. And now he's like, I get it. I get it. We all have weaknesses. And then we all have trouble and difficulty in life. You remember, remember when Jesus is arrested and he's got these 12 guys and he's been putting his whole life into them and, and, and teaching them about the kingdom and he knows he's going he's gonna to go on but he's going to kind of hand his work over to them and he gets arrested and what does his band of brothers do on Veterans Day? It says, and everyone deserted him and what? Left him. Can you, just for a minute, just think about that one sentence. These 12 guys he poured his life into for three years. And at the moment he needs them, they all leave. Anybody ever been deserted before? He knows how that feels. He knows that feeling. Sitting there all alone. I can't believe it. I can't believe they all left me. Here's the thing I want you to know. Look up here. No matter how you feel today or how you have ever felt lonely or alone or broken or sad or happy, Jesus knows that feeling. That's a good thing. One of the greatest things we can do for relationships is try to, to, to enter, to remember. You, you ever get hard on like a teenager before because they're just knuckleheads? And then you have to say to yourself, Wait a minute, I was a knucklehead once. Anybody here ever a knucklehead once? It's like, oh man, did I, what, what was wrong? I mean, just, I mean, you talk about having a bad day, they just string them together. They just, I mean, they do stuff, they do stuff. And he, then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I remember, I, remember I did some really, man, I did some stuff then. I love this Psalm 103 it says 
God knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are what? Dust. He remembers. I remember I put them together. Think about, if you, if you start to think about this, empathy is about remembering too. I remember what that struggle was like. Experience can often, if you're an open-minded person, can give you more empathy. Experience can give you more empathy. But if you haven't experienced it, it's, it can be harder. That's why if you're doing well on your spiritual growth in life, the older you get, the more empathetic you are becoming. That's a good thing. You could say, I'm on track. You know what I mean? Then you, now you're, you're, you're getting there. If you have some broken relationships, some struggling relationships, empathy could help you. Because you just stop and you go, what, what's going on with that person? You know, what makes them feel that way? What makes them angry? Not that I'm, I'm mad that they're angry. We know you're mad that they're angry. What makes them that way? What, what's making them really sad? Somehow, this was the great gift that Jesus brought to us. In coming to earth as a high priest who was able to sympathize and empathize with all of our weaknesses. We could use it in our wider world because if we had empathy, we would see, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason that people are acting the way that they're acting. The other day I got watching a, a video of Christopher Hitchens. He's an atheist, very, very vocal, very, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he's passed away now, but um, I could be wrong on that fact. I, th I think he has. But anyway, amongst several young atheists who'd really gained a hearing with the young adults in our world and um, listening to him, one of the things that I realized is he's very passionate, he's very smart, very smart, very articulate, but very hurt, very hurt. And what I realized is the God that he was rejecting was a God that had no empathy. That's what I realized. The God he was rejecting was a God that had no empathy. So in other words, he had been given a picture of God from somebody somewhere along the way and that God had no, that particular God had no empathy and that particular God he rejected. And all I could say to him was, amen. That's the same God that I reject. But wonder if he had been presented with a God that was full of compassion. Certainly a God that could call you up, that could raise you higher, but also a God that had empathy. I mean, just think about it. If in all of life, people started with empathy instead of judgment, empathy and then encouragement, this is how we connect. And this guy could never connect to God because you can't connect to somebody when there's no empathy. 
you can't connect. But if you have empathy, if you can feel what they're feeling and see somehow this is what's driving them. Relationships can heal. People can forgive. Say one more thing about empathy. And that is, maybe it needs to be said today because you know, some people are really good at empathy. I would put myself, I don't know, hard, it's hard to judge or write yourself, but I was thinking about it this week. At times, pretty empathetic. At times not. Uh, pastorally, you know, I at least fake it. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I actually, I actually, uh, I, I'm pretty empathetic. I, I, and what happens is you, people come and they tell you what, what's happening in their life and you feel a certain way, you know. And um, so the very first verse you read is like, rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. So on any given Sunday, and I, believe me, I'm honored, I'm honored to hear anybody's story and pray with anybody and, and, and any of that. So I'm not saying it to discourage you. I'm just telling you this is the reality. Someone will tell me the greatest news of their life. We just, we've been trying to have a child for five years and boom, so-and-so is pregnant. And then someone two minutes later will tell me the worst news of their life. I mean, that's, you know, they aren't connected, but they're just the next person. And then it's like, boom, 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 this is me. I mean, on Sunday, what I learned early on is like, I have to go home and take a nap. I mean, that's, but what happened, this is true. And maybe this is one reason we have to work on empathy in general is because that's extreme, right? That's extreme. But it's, 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 it's sort of a pastor's reality at times. But it exhausts you. And like, and like so... Like when Vicky and I got married, she was just like, well, what do you want to go do on Sunday? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> There's like news to her, you know, and she's learned it, and now she's experiencing it herself and, and you just want to go home and take a nap. Why do you think over and over again, you'd have these scriptures that said masses of people were coming to be healed by Jesus and then it would say, and he withdrew to lonely places to pray. I get that. Why? Because if you have empathy, what it is, this is important, it's literally like taking something out of you. This is important to know. Empathy can be exhausting. So while we're encouraging empathy and we're talking about it, we need to be real about it. This is something that will literally just wear you out. Now, Oftentimes in relationships, you have someone that may be high in empathy and somebody that's lower. Anybody here in a mixed marriage? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's sort of like, man, this person is just feeling and feeling and feeling and feeling, and the other person's like, get over it, get over it, right? So... Empathy is this, man, I'm just, I, I, I feel so badly for, I just feel. And this extreme empathy, what, what happens is oftentimes a person can get completely exhausted. I'll just say it this way, as we, endless empathy is not good. 
And you'll have to watch it. Some of you empathetic people, you need to watch. Something to pay attention to. You, you got to step back and go, go to a lonely place to pray. It's like, wait a minute. I can't, this is important. You can't take on everybody's problems. Amen. You know what I mean? Like, good that you care. Good. Where that's like kind of, that's a good thing. But you can't, you can't own and take on everybody's problems. So, like, this is a thing that we need to learn. Do you think about... Um, It's okay to disappoint people. That's why I know, like, in general, I think I'm a little higher on the empathetic thing. I've never taken a test, but I was just trying to be self-reflective. It's like, I really don't want to disappoint somebody, you know? And I, I'm, I'm hoping it's coming from a good place. I don't know, but I, man, I hate disappointing people. And so what happens is when you don't want to disappoint people, you say, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll be over there too. Uh, absolutely. Love to. Anybody know where I'm going? Pulled, 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 pulled. And that eventually it just completely wears you out. How many know the story of how many know the story of Lazarus? They they Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And besides the disciples, like if you read the gospels. It seemed like he had an affinity for this home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He cared about them. They, had like, they, had, they were close. And if you want to not disappoint somebody, especially you don't want to disappoint your friends. And so Jesus was made aware that Lazarus became sick. And it says Mary, whose brother Lazarus, was sick. So the sisters sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, it won't end in death. But we know that he what? He died. Then it says this. Maybe the, maybe the two most powerful sentences for you. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. He loved them. Next word, yet. Yet what? When he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was. This is for the empathetic people. This is for the people that are wearing yourself out, trying to fix everybody and everything and all the time. And like, look, man, it's good. It really is good. But guess who's going to lose in the end? You. You are running on an emotional credit card, and you are charging it to the max, and you're about to get denied. That's what happens. All of a sudden, what happens? Uh-oh, the big, the, the bill comes in the mail. I, I've, been, I've been promising this person and trying to help this person and trying to save this person, and I'm over here. And Jesus loved them, but he, what? He stayed. He didn't go running. Now, I'm not here to tell you I know how to solve all of your challenges, but there's the thing that I would say. Disappointing people is a part of life. You don't make it a name, you don't make it a goal, but if you are afraid to disappoint people, the only person that's going to suffer in the end is what? 
I don't know why, but if you see over and over again, go back to the home of Mary and Martha. Remember when Jesus comes to their house for dinner, right? Martha is upset. She wants Mary to what? Help. Help with the work. Help with the housework. Help with the dishes. Sorry to disappoint you, sister. You know what is, what is really fascinating is if you could learn, if I could learn to love people and still disappoint them from time to time. Because what we think of as they're, no, they have to go together. If I love somebody, I will never disappoint them. And that's just not true. They say this. They say if, if, there's a, if you have an infant in the household, 100% empathy is absolutely appropriate. Like when they're up to nine months, if they're crying, if they're sneezing, if they're anything, you give 100% of your attention to them. Does that make sense? You know, get it together, kid. They're three weeks old. It's a thousand percent empathy. Are you with me? They have this rule. I, I learned about this this week. They have like a rule that teach people that do care. And if some of you are in this, you would, you would know this. But if you're like, let's say you're in elderly care and you're at a, you're at a retirement home or a nursing home or it's more severe, they say you never do for them what they can do for themselves. So you see a person trying to, and what do you want to do? Oh, here, let me, let me feed you. What'd you do? You took away their dignity. You took away their independence. Took a, right? Not because you're mean, because you, you, your, your empathy kicked in. Like, I just, I, I got to do this. You know, do for them what they can, what? What they can do for themselves. This is, same thing would be true. Now, not when they're three weeks, but when they're 13, I mean, you know, they can do a few things. No, this is really important because now, not only are you draining your battery, you're destroying their independence by doing for them what they can do for what? For themselves. This is a vital part. This is a vital part. You don't want to take that gift away from them. Empathetic people, sometimes what they do is they go too far. And then they're torn apart, and the other people, instead of being helped, they actually what? They suffer. I, I thought about that verse for like two days. He loved them, but he didn't go. Can you imagine the tension? Can you imagine when they had to go back and tell Mary, he's not coming? What do you mean he's not coming? I don't know, he didn't say. I mean, you're Jesus. <laughs> you're Jesus for the love of God. <laughs> right? Stay, he's, he's not coming. What could, what could Jesus do? This is, and this would be key for you. When you have to say no. When you have to disappoint. Not that you want to, but when you have to. What did Jesus do? He knew God would work it out. Did it work out for Lazarus? It worked out. It'll work out. Might be some pain. Might be four days in the tomb. Might be a little bit of tense argument. Might be whatever, getting the silent treatment. Might be anything. But you know what? You trust God to work it out. When I think of the cross, I think of the ultimate in empathy, though. When Jesus entered our world, felt our feelings, took on our pain, our sin, our suffering, and gave it all. 
And we're here to thank God for that. But Jesus already died, so you don't need to. Right? What you need to, what you need to do is to enter that person's world. Try to come, where are they coming from? And just as Jesus did, this is important, there are times when you got to call a person up. I can empathize with you, but it's time for you to take a step up. That's why Jesus, what was his favorite word in the Bible? Change. It's repent in the Bible, but it's the same word. Change. Hey, bro, you need to change. <laughs> he loved people. He had compassion, empathy. He was empathizing with everybody. People in sin, people in suffering, people in sorrow, people with skin diseases. He was always the guy entering. He was always empathetic, but he also was like, give me this one. There was a man that was paralyzed, and Jesus sees him there, and there was where a lot of people gathered at John chapter 5, and Jesus looks at him, and he says, sir, do you want to get well? Oh, what kind of a question is that? Of course I want to get well. Maybe he saw something there. Maybe you like just laying there. You know, sometimes people, sometimes people, they get used to being a victim, and they kind of feel comfortable there. But Jesus could see, he says, you need to pick up your mat and walk. Now, think about this. Think about all that we know about Jesus, and you could say, pick up your mat and walk like it's a blessing, but you could say, well, let me get it for you because you haven't been walking for 30 years. Are you with me? At the same time he healed, he called something out of him. He says, pick up that mat and walk. Get your dignity back. Get your respect back. Get, your, get back on your feet. Get walking again. This is what you need to do. The fine, there's a fine skill where you can walk this line, where you learn to empathize with other people. We all can. We can all become more empathetic. Maybe you were born a little more, and this one's, I kind of believe in that, but I do believe we all can become more empathetic, and I think it, it has to do with listening. Everyone be quick to what? Listen. Anybody ever get in a good, heated argument? What's the last thing you do in a good, heated argument? Don't ever listen, bro. Huh? You'll go down in flames. <laughs> Don't listen. Just keep going. Right? But if, if you want to go the other way, you got to start listening. And then you listen, and then you enter. Now, mate, some, sometimes you can't physically enter their world. Man comes home from work. Wife comes home from work. She, has, she just got unloaded at work. He just got dumped on at work. No one knows the other person's feeling, right? How bad was it? I, I don't know. I don't know. We hear stories, but man, there's nothing like getting dumped on at work, getting destroyed, getting defeated. It's hard to enter that person's world. But the empathy begins with that. What Jesus did, the whole story is he entered our world. Now the relationship could flourish connection with God could flourish because we could trust God and God could understand us. Any relationships that need work in our life, they have to really begin with the empathy because now I can connect. Now I can understand. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer together.
First of all, our loving God, we thank you that you get us, that you understand us, that you've been touched with our feelings, our sadness, our joy, our brokenness, our sorrow, our fear. You felt them all. You remember that we're dust. You remember how we were formed. And so, God, we just pause to ask for your grace in our life. We want to connect with you. And you help us to connect with others, to, to grow in our empathy, to listen, to try to understand. And God, when we are so drowning in our own empathy, God, help us. Help us to say no. Help us to learn to walk away when we need to. For our good and for the good of those that we're trying to help. And God, most of all, we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ who gave it all for us. It's in his name that we pray and give thanks. Amen. 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 Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove. God bless you.